I don't need certainty like I thought I did. And it doesn't have to be the end of something, it could be the beginning of something. It could even be the beginning of the thing you thought you had previously. I've said a few times that some gods deserve atheists. If we could just get everybody to admit that none of us know. Sometimes you have to kill one god to find the real one. And that doesn't ring true to me right now, but I'm open to that being the story. I am. I'm, I completely am. Um, I just know that I can't go back at this point. But I can go forward. This is the airing of grief with Derek Webb. Conversations and correspondence about spiritual D and reconstruction. Season 1, Episode 8. The Braver One. Hey, is this... It is. Hey, man, it's Derek. Hey, nice to talk to you. Feels like a privilege for sure to be oh, able man. to well, same. talk to you, especially about this album. Yeah, same. Well, so if we're if we're chatting uh, here today, that means that we either have something or no longer something in common. So I'm curious to hear some of your story. Tell me what's going on. Sure. Yeah, I, I actually wrote uh, some stuff out just so I didn't uh, good. Skip no, that's over great. Anything. Sure. And uh, I just want to start by just reiterating how much uh, your music has meant to me over the past, like almost 20 years, I guess it's been now. Oh, man. Um, I've listened repeatedly to, to every Caveman's Call album and uh, just devoured your solo work since, since you started doing that. And it feels like uh, your songs have been released right along the same trajectory as, as my journey. Hmm. And uh, like I, I really see your music as providing just a perfect soundtrack uh right time through, through my college years and um one of the first things that my wife and i bonded over was our love for for cavemans and specifically for your songs and just incredibly meaningful i'm honored man to have been such a big part of your story wow yeah so specifically with fingers crossed um when i heard you were releasing a new album this year i was obviously super excited it's been a few years and yeah. uh, anytime you know something new is coming out I, I get really excited and always picking it up as first thing when it comes available hmm. um, while I was waiting for it to drop my wife uh, she was diagnosed with breast cancer oh. uh, we've been like I said we've been married for for 12 years or so and um, we've been dating a couple of years before that hmm. And so over the summer, she, she underwent uh, surgery. She went through eight rounds of chemo. Wow. Uh, she just recently went through another surgery, and she's about to start uh, radiation uh, next week, six okay. weeks of that, uh, five days a week. Wow. So it's obviously been an incredibly difficult uh, process, and it's made even more challenging by the fact that uh, we have three sons who are uh, age seven, five, and two. Wow. Uh, the way I've described it is, you know, parenting is uh, incredibly difficult, as I'm sure you know as well. Hmm. Watching a loved one suffer is an, is ridiculously hard, oh, and both at the same time is is just uh, damn near impossible. Right. Um, so it's against this I'm backdrop. So sorry, man. Hey, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, so fingers crossed came out against this backdrop, and yeah. Um, 
yeah, there's been a lot of grieving and questioning and doubting along the way. And the opening lyrics of Stop Listening, uh, where you sing, we've been through so much, lost and gained some trust. Honestly, I'm glad, uh, just glad we still talk. Hmm. That kind of speaks directly to where I'm at in uh, my relationship with with God at this point, with my hmm. faith. Like, I, I still believe, I'm still in touch with God, I still talk to Him. But you know, damn, I, I sometimes wonder what the hell is going on yeah. here. Well, and that's what I was going to ask is like just with, I mean, with, you know, and so that how, how long has, when, when was she diagnosed and how long have you, has that been kind of at the front of your mind in terms of dealing with? Uh, we first found out uh, in May. So it's been so about, of this uh, year. Okay. Of this year. Yeah. Oh, wow. So it's and so it just, recent. Yeah. It came right out of the blue. And uh, so, so, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I would just, I'm so curious and you've, you've already said a little bit about it, but I'm so curious, like. How how has how has that affected the way you see the world? Like having to process and deal with all that, and put that alongside of, and try and reckon mm-hmm. that with, and square that with everything else. Has that has it been on the whole? Do you feel like it's resulted in a, a strengthening of those things, or has it been a break even, or do you feel like it's been it just completely incongruent, or like how how has it felt to you? I mean, I've certainly been going through um, some some pretty heavy deconstruction Absolutely. over the last few years. So it, it came at a point where I'm not, I wasn't clinging too much to some perfect outlook on life that it was shattering in that, in that respect. You know what I mean? Like I've seen enough and I've experienced enough to know that shit like this is going to happen and it's yes. not uh, kind of a make or break situation so in that respect it kind of um i wouldn't say it's strengthened per se but it also didn't break it at the same time yes so it's kind of just uh you know this happens and somehow we're gonna get through it yes basically Well, that's kind of the that's kind of the catch is like, and and it's it's both the comfort and also for me at least where I feel like I am at the moment it it's kind of been God's kind of great alibi is that but it's also true that he you know the Bible doesn't say that God will remove us from our sufferings it says that He'll go with us through them right and. So it's like, oh, that's right. Like we're we're not we're not guaranteed that like in other words, God could kind of do and it's like Job. I mean, he could kind of do anything he wants and we kind of right. can't say that it's proof that he's not there or doesn't care. It's you know, it and, and so it's it's hard. It's hard to and and really what it winds up being is not a reason to or not it, it doesn't become a reason to abandon uh right. to abandon ship because that doesn't mean that God's not with us and it doesn't mean right. that he's not, you know, lovingly crafting every step we're taking you know it right. it it uh it just means that um you know but it but it goes back to your ability to square that and say you know 
that means that even now this is apparently the thing that ultimately will somehow mysteriously bring God the most glory and will be the best thing for the for his people that you know that's you know that's what Romans says and so you know that and and so it just gets emotionally complicated <laughs> to be able right, to yeah, say totally. like okay so God how are you more glorified putting this person who I love through this unbelievable in our family you know in a family through such unbelievable tragedy and 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 obviously you can you know the the great theodicy is proven nowhere better than in the cross to say oh well but here's the most innocent man in history going through the mo the worst most evil unjust event in history and it's literally right. the crux of of uh you know the economy of salvation is that this happened it's and and it's it's so it's like the most evil act ever more evil arguably than the most evil of natural disasters and you know and yet it was the very thing by which god brought about the salvation of everybody and right so it's like it so ultimately what it does is even when you try to process it that way you're kind of left where you started i mean sure. it's, it's frustrating yeah. because yeah. it doesn't all really prove anything um yeah. it just depends on you know how what you can bear and yep. and, and ultimately what rings true i mean like what you can what you feel as though you can square and live with. Yeah, I mean that's that's why the fingers crossed thing. I heard you talk about it on the. Oh yeah. The interview with the, the inglorious pa pastors. And yeah. Just the layered the layered meaning of it just spoke so deeply to me because there's so many. You know different postures that I have taken over the past few months, hmm. specifically relating to that, like you know the desperately calling out to God, the hoping for good news, like you know fingers crossed, please, please, please. That's right. You know, reminding my wife that we're in it together, like the two That's of right. us are here, we're locked in, and also even in like putting my hand behind my back and, and telling people I'm okay. That's right. I'm empty and just super burnt out you know like yeah, there's all those things playing into it and that whole um yeah image of the fingers crossed mm. has really spoken to me because it doesn't have to be one thing or the other it can That's be exactly everything right. all at the same time right because it isn't resolved and it's not a thing yeah. that i want to say that i have any certainty about um right. i, I want to say yeah good things and bad things always mingle that's right. right. Like no stories are simple, and that I mean, yeah, that's, that's just all so true. That's right, man. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what asshole said. It's better to have loved and lost. And it's not that I don't agree with him. I just don't know if he knew how right he was. Cause he had never seen your face Hello Hey, is this... Hey, yeah, this... Hey, it's Derek, how's it going? Hey, good, good uh, Thanks for making a few minutes to chat Yeah, yeah, thank you for, for calling, so... A absolutely Um, well, I, uh... 
if if we're here, that means that either we have something in common or no longer have something in common. I'm curious to hear some of your story. Tell me what's going on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so um, just a, I'll make a quick backstory. Sure. I've been I have been have been listening to you for a while. So um, with Cayman's Call, and then I saw you in Greensboro, North Carolina, at a church. I won't say the name of the church, but um, <laughs> um, you uh, I. I met you at a coffee shop like the year after, hmm. but I, I talked to you. I know you see like a tons of people, so no. you know you probably know. But um, I had a lot of respect for you because you were calling out the, um, it was like prosperity gospel that was being preached at this hmm. church. It was a long time ago. Oh so man, just, I remember. You do okay, okay. Yeah, awesome. I, I yeah, almost, yeah. I almost didn't get paid that night. Um, oh, oh. Wow. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah I, no, I remember it like yeah. it was yesterday. Yeah, somebody got up right in front of me and did yeah. this whole prosperity gospel thing, and then I kind of had to get up and distance myself from it, and then play my show. And then they said, "Well, since you don't care clearly about money, then I think we're going to just take your guaranteed payment. We're going to give it to some charity. I'm sure you're going to be cool with that." And it was like this yeah. whole thing. Yeah. But I remember. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah. I um one one reason why it offended me um what the person was saying was, uh, my parents, they were, they were missionaries. I was a missionary in uh, Paraguay, missionary kid, wow. uh, South America. And, um, you know, my parents tried to raise money to build like their, uh, their church, you know? So like yeah. when you have somebody that's, that's in a church and they're saying, Oh, you know, we spent a hundred thousand dollars on like lighting alone and stuff. And right. that was very, you know, it offended me, you know, but, um, but you were definitely, set it straight <laughs> man well that's that's crazy so that was so uh but boy some some uh some time has passed right and, and yeah uh, oh, yeah and yeah. so catch me up yeah so um I, I just wanted to say i i really i really enjoyed you know fingers crossed uh you know like i've been you know listening to your stuff you know i buy like every record you come out man, you know thank you. <laughs> that comes up um but uh i really um the song, the braver one for Joanna. So yeah. if you don't mind, you don't have to answer, you know, but oh, no. um, who is, who is Joanna? Yeah, no, that, so that song is actually, um, a little bit of an outlier on the record. It's like the, the record is, is pretty focused topically. I mean, it's, I've, I've kind of said it's a tale of two divorces and it's like, it mostly right. is about two things, but, but then there's, the braver one, which is a song I wrote maybe just a couple of years ago. Um, and I actually wrote for a, a buddy of mine. Uh, a, I wrote for a friend of mine, uh, Mark okay. Montgomery, a good, good friend, a mentor, um, a guy I've known for a lot of years and, and more specifically for his wife, Joanna and, and, um, mm -hmm. and Joanna, um, uh, maybe almost two years ago now di died from cancer and, Oh, okay. um, and, and she yeah. fought it for a long time and she was a hell of a woman and, um, sure. and she left Mark and their little girl Maggie. Oh. And, um, so the, the way it kind of went was Mark had told me that when she passed, he wanted to have a, like a wake or a, a hoot nanny or like some, like a celebration of her life. He wanted to, to do something and the, sure. the and, and, um, that he, you know, wanted me to, to be there and, and he was kind of starting to talk to friends about that. And then after she passed, he called me. I remember one afternoon he called me and he, he said to me um, that they had talked about it and they decided they wanted music to, to feature right. at this thing pretty, 
predominantly and, and that they wanted to have a handful of either artists they really liked or friends whose music that they liked to come and everybody play a song and that they wanted, he wanted me to be there and to play a song. And, and so I was like super moved by this and I, um, but you know, I don't really have songs for occasions like that. I didn't really know what right, I would right. play. And I think maybe that same afternoon I sat down and wrote that song. Um, and I wrote it mostly, um, just to play at that occasion. And I thought maybe that would be the only time I would ever play it. So I, right. I, I wrote it and then a few weeks later or whenever it was a month later, played it, um, there and, and only really with kind of Mark's blessing and encouragement, a few other friends telling me they thought I should, sure. I decided to record it cause it did right. to me feel like it was akin enough to the other songs to, to right. be included. Right. And, but it's so it's a little bit of an outlier, but emotionally it feels resonant with the rest. And um, sure, yeah. So that's so that's kind of the story. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, that, that song it really you know it, it was one, one did of you find one a, of my yeah. Top. Did you find a particular kind of resonance with it? So I did my uh, so I I come from a missionary family, um, <laughs> independent Baptist, a very right, very okay. religious upbringing, and um, so my sister. Um, her name is uh, Charity. She she passed this year from oh. breast cancer. Oh and, um, man, that, was, I'm so sorry. Yeah, she was a missionary's uh, missionary's wife to Madagascar, and um, so um, this album, I've I definitely for a while have have um, been questioning. You know, I'm definitely not independent Baptist, but uh, questioning and stuff. And um, uh, it really. Um, it's it's very strange to me because you know on social media when my sister passed people were saying you know stuff like uh you know she's she's in the arms of jesus you know or she's and i'm just like you don't know that you know time and breath they do expire but do not bear upon the thing that are not bound by either one like your kindness and like your face I don't I don't know it's I, I guess like I've, I've left things more to question you know and hmm. uh, I tried to um, when my sister was was still with us you know just tried to make the most of each moment you know and and uh, and been, you know, spend time with her and, and um, um, you know, because that, that stuff, you know, to me is what matters, that's you know, right. and, um, for sure. Um, so that's like, so you're having to endure and process that kind of grief. How how did that bear, and you spoke a little to it right there, but I'm just so curious right. if you're willing yeah. to hear more like sure. that. How did that bear on your spirituality or the the way that you kind of the grid through which you're looking at the world in terms of god and everything else how did, how has oh sure yeah um i definitely was i definitely you know dealt with some depression and uh probably still do and um i think um i don't know like i got tired i get tired of, of hearing like well it's you know it, it was god's will or god's plan right um because i kind of think of it you know is like if you had a boss and the boss is like I love you so much, but I'm going to give you cancer, but it's part of my plan. Right. Um, I think, I think that boss would be an asshole, you know, <laughs> like. Joanna, come with me, or else go on ahead. 
is worth a braver one Now it's my turn to be brave And to believe the things that are so hard to believe That there is meaning to our days And that I will once again see your face A letter. Dear Derek, I think what you're doing with the airing of grief is brilliant, and I hope it's very helpful to you as well as to those you're interacting with. Thank you for the openness and courage to invite such feedback from your fans and critics. I don't feel it's fair to say anything personal to you, given that you know nothing of me. So here's a lifetime in a paragraph. I'm 40, a follower of Jesus, husband, dad, and pastor mostly students and their parents. I've lived a bizarre combo of happy, sheltered life and sad, Job-like tale. First, my mom and dad loved me so well and deeply that it was natural to come to God as Father. I put my faith in Jesus at a young age, and even though I've doubted His existence and sinned like a prodigal, I never really doubted I belonged to Him. I've also been molested a handful of times by my brother and sister. I tried to get to the mission field of India with my high school sweetheart and first wife Christy, and instead preached her funeral at age 28, after watching our marriage and my soul fall apart for the previous year. I left West Virginia, moved to Nashville, remarried, Emily, saw you on the ringing bell tour, we peed at the same time, but it didn't feel like the right time to start a relationship. We moved to Stewart, Florida, and have had two boys since added to my daughter from my first marriage, started fostering, lost our hearts pretty badly a couple of times with some broken little girls, and ended up adopting one who is mentally ill, struggling with bipolar, drug issues from her mommy, and literally only God knows what all else. By the way, fostering and adopting doesn't make you feel like a hero. It reveals that you're a selfish monster. In the meantime, my son contracted leukemia, and we have spent the last three and a half years living in faith and fear and anger and exhaustion, but really mostly in thankfulness. Tomorrow he has surgery to remove his port. This signifies his treatment is over, as there is no detectable cancer. So now we get to live the rest of our lives with our hearts in our throats, dreading every month's blood test and the possible hell of relapse. But mostly we play Legos and are thankful. I have not known your grief, but I have known grief, so much grief. I have known rage against God for his word not making sense, for him not making sense, for feeling so very alone. In the depths of losing my wife, the two most comforting pieces of scripture to me were John 11:35 and Psalm 88. In the pit of my despair, as I lay sobbing and snotting on the floor, cursing and complaining that God had destroyed me and that I was so alone. I actually had a friend sitting beside me. When I told him that my rant didn't sound very pastoral, he replied that it sounded like Psalm 88. That night, for the first time in my life, I read, really read Psalm 88. It starts with, O God of my salvation, and ends with, Darkness is my only friend. It's the only psalm I know that doesn't turn, doesn't end in hope, it ends in darkness. 
and yet God allowed it to become part of canon, and it's not the last song. Man, when I listened to your record, it felt like I was listening to Psalm 88. I want to say so much, but the more I say, I feel the less any of it means. Just don't give up. This stuff is real. Something of me is tied up in your journey. I hope you've got the friends you need, but if you need to talk, I'm here. Hey, is this... Hello? It is. Hey. How's it going, man? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, well, thanks. Thanks right for here. taking a minute to chat. Absolutely. Thank you for thank you for doing this. What a cool idea. No, it's a pleasure. I mean, I'm interested to hear your story. Tell me what's going on. Well, so I guess you know the theme of uh, deconstruction, reconstruction. Um, you know, I I actually um, I think I'm, I'm hardwired to do that. Um, I'm a I think I'm a natural skeptic. Um, I, um, I kind of learned faith, um, in college. Hmm. It was part of kind of a fundamentalist, uh, kind of stream, I guess. I didn't, of course, didn't know that word at the time. I wish I had. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, but at the same time I was, I was actually studying religion, uh, and, and while I was learning a fundamentalist stream. And so those two things don't really jive real well. Um, Hmm. so questioning was a big part of, you know, always a big part for me, but I kind of drank the Kool-Aid and, and, you know, I, I eventually, I kind of quickly, the whole fundamentalist thing kind of wore at me pretty quickly, I guess, after a couple of years in college. And then, Hmm. um, but during that time, my, my would be wife, her father kind of became a spiritual mentor to me. Hmm. Um, he, he was a person with a past. He had been to prison a couple times. I knew that coming in, but I decided to give him grace. Um, cause that's what you do. And, um, you know, and, and I, and I like in processing that I don't regret that. I think I, you know, I, uh, but it ended up really, you know, <laughs> really hurting hmm. 10 plus years later because it kind of, let him in and, you know, let him, uh, kind of hold a place in my heart that it was kind of left there by my dad a little bit. Mm. And uh, he was, you know, emotionally present, available, you know, could talk to, you know, all things my, my dad wasn't. Um, and so, you know, that was, that was there and it was formative and, and, uh, really helpful, learned about grace, learned about, you know, love and learned about things that I, that I still, still value to differing degrees, maybe, Mm. um, or in different ways, not necessarily differing degrees. So two years ago, um, short and skinny is found out that he, my father-in-law, um, had sexually molested my wife, Mm. um, when she was a little girl. And had been living kind of a double life. And so, you know, the spiritual, (laughs) you know, undertones of that trusting a spiritual authority figure. I mean, I always kind of held some mistrust. I really did. But I I decided to, you know, um, not by step or, you know, know, not completely tuck that away. Mm -hmm. But, um, 
try to look at him through the eyes of Christ or, or something like that, you know? And sure. Um, so when this came out two years ago, it was just devastating. Um, and sent shockwaves, you know, through my wife and her family. And, and, uh, he more or less admitted it, uh, and, and, um, that he had done it. So, so anyway, just, you know, for me, I was already kind of a deconstruction, kind of going down that route anyway. Sure. Wow. And, and that, and that kind of really propelled it forward. And I just, you know, was angry, um, mm. furious, uh, that God would let me give grace to someone that would be the reason for the greatest, you know, kind of betrayal I would ever, ever feel. And uh, so, th- I mean, th- these are the things that kind of got stirred listening yes. to your fingers crossed. So, yeah. so my wife was going through all that. She went to therapy. I went to therapy, different, you know, and lots of healing was happening. Mm. Um, you know, and, it, and I was seeing my wife kind of emerge out, uh, out of her shell uh, in ways that were really beautiful and authentic and um, amazing, you know, just to see her share her story um, for the first time, to be able to share her full story. Um, like, uh, I, uh, just so you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a therapist, hmm. and so I kind of had this weird wow. seeing it through the eyes of a therapist, trying wow. to. Well, you were well again, equipped to process and help process it, you know? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, with, with, uh, yeah, maybe yeah. with no objectivity, but at it least kinda, you had the tools. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I had some understanding, but uh, accessing, imagine, right. accessing that was tough. Right. And so, you know, the, the, uh, the following Christmas, you know, here I'm, I'm like mad at God. I'm already like this evangelical thing is feels, feels like bullshit. What, what good is it? Yeah, because um, that was you know what my father-in-law was, I guess. To right. me. Like, what what good is it if what it produces? If yeah. if this is what it it yeah. can produce with its um, obsession uh, on right belief yeah. and consenting to these uh, belief statements, what what good does that do anybody? If in the name of that, people are causing this type of harm, right? You know, and, those aren't those aren't new questions, you know. Like uh, those are well, not, those are old those are old questions. But well, but the reason they're old questions is because how significant they are and how often they seem to come up, you know. Yeah. So yeah. And so, how did you? I mean, how, so you were you said you you know you said you were already kind of a little wired or predisposed even to a little bit of deconstructive thought. And how? So how did ultimately how did that bear on? on you and the way that you kind of saw the world like how did it how did it um how did that change through this yeah i mean did it did it did it slow or accelerate the deconstruction process did you oh yeah did it do you know what i mean like because i mean i could imagine one instance where it's like okay i now i really need this and so i'm going to double down on it or right boy that was the last straw and i'm done you know how, how did that bear on you yeah so um in the beginning, I was just angry at God. Understandably. And I think it was starting to transition to kind of a more contemplative outlook anyway, a mystical kind of um, take on, on faith. And, um, anyway, and but but for a while there, I just didn't want to even think about think about God, think about faith. Right. Um, in those early days. And, and you, I, well, you, just, you, know, you, had, you had no bandwidth. You had no resources. And it's just yeah. you, you can't. 
you can't question everything at once. True. Um, you have to give yourself somewhere to stand. So yes, yes. And I had a therapist at the time who was <laughs> good. This, this old uh, old guy that actually was one of the founders of uh, the counseling center I work at. But he had he had broken oh, wow. off and gone into his own practice. But he was just old and just awesome. Like yes, just, that's right. You know literally took me on and said, I can only work with you for four months and then I'm retiring, but I'm willing wow. to take you on. And, uh, he, he punted, he pointed me back to, I think some fundamental things that I just forgotten hmm. about, about, um, faith things that, that drew me early on, uh, in my, you know, even in the fundamentalist piece, but drew, drew me back into, you know, what, what if you already have everything that you need within you? Hmm. Um, sort of finding God within type of thing. And did you, and did, and how did that interact with, how did that contrast with the faith that you kind of grew up with? Yeah. So I think from where I was coming from before it was God is out there, heaven, you know, all the good things in life are not really here. They're coming up in heaven someday. Um, and, and God is this thing that's out there that you have to access through, um, these behaviors or something like that. And, mm-hmm. Uh, through religiosity, more or less. Um, Whereas what I was kind of being pointed back to was was more of like, you know, that God is here, God is in all things. Um, God God isn't um, protecting us from bad things happening. Right. And and that was, was, I think, a a big thing. And as much as, like, you know, I think in evangelical circles, it's said, you know, it rains on the just, the unjust. There still is pretty pervasively this felt sense that God's just going to protect me. Right. Last year, December, we were set to leave for a vacation. Um, and it was for my wife. It was mm. for her because of the year she'd had. Right, of course. And uh, we, um, you know, we were looking forward to it. And we were, she was 28 weeks pregnant. And mm. You know, this was the first time we were going to kind of break tradition and go out of town and go on a vacation for the holidays and hmm. uh, just to get away from the pain. And then um, my wife uh, developed a severe uh, case of preeclampsia called HELP syndrome. Hmm. And um, she she almost died a oh, day wow. from that. Yeah. She came pretty close. You know, it was like heart rate, you know, blood pressure 200 over 113 at one point. Her liver was out of control and blood platelets were dropping. Doctor said her blood was basically bleeding. Um, wow. Couldn't clot, you know. And so that that was like the fuck you God moment, you know, right. like, like, uh, you know, you like really <laughs> like, you know, you're supposed to be with me in this. You're supposed to do this and that. And and here we are. And I, you know, we're so we spent and my, my daughter was born that day. At 28 weeks, that was the only wow. cure for it, and uh, we spent 58 days in the NICU, and you know, everything is fine now. Um, wow. My daughter's fine, my wife is fine, but that day um, was was the moment for me where where I just the whole notion of like God as being some kind of protector or that He's going to keep me from suffering. In some way, it, it, that that just dissipated. I was as I was like sitting in the OR waiting area by myself, with no clock on the wall, no no cell phone, no watch, and no bearing of time for like the whole hour of the C-section, not knowing 
what what was if, who was going to survive my wife my daughter either one mm. um and i just said god where the fuck are you mm-hmm. and you know just kind of paced and just had it out with him and and for me it was kind of one of like a kind of an inexplicably you know kind of a mystical experience where you know i i didn't feel comforted i didn't feel you know like peace but i did kind of have a sense of you know i kind of just could see the prayers of people in my mind that were kind of going up around us and there were friends in the hospital just there to be there for us and you know it's kind of felt like there was somewhat of an answer to that that god saying i'm i'm in i'm kind of in this experience of love that you're getting that you're I didn't know that I was going to get to experience the next 58 days. Mm. I'm, I am here, and I'm not protecting you from this pain, but I'm here. You aren't without love. Mm. And that was enough. I guess for me it's it's uh, the thing about certainty mm. you know is, is uh, I don't I don't need certainty like I thought I did <laughs> right. um, I don't and, and I'm I'm trying to like kind of live in that space you know yeah. of, of uh, whatever I go whatever I do from here with faith I'm you know I'm trying to not jump on the other side That's um, right. and become a fundamentalist in another way that's exactly um, right. And, and if, if we could just get everybody to admit that none of us know. That's right. Like, I can I can interact with anybody that mm. it says, I don't know. You know, right. I, like, this Absolutely. is what I think. This more about how a belief is wielded or held yeah. is what the belief is. And, and that, for me, has been the major shift, too. If That's the one thing I know for sure is that I'm uncertain. But the thing is, it's like I feel as though even if the things that I previously hell to be true wind up being true once again um, for me um, I'll bring my uncertainty with me and that will maybe be the reason that I will trust it this time around in a way that maybe I never have before it doesn't matter where I look this tapestry of grateful lives or at a little girl with hair of curls you got my vision, but God, your eyes. Oh, I see you everywhere. The thing that I emerged from, from Fingers Crossed, and it surprised me because the first listen, man, I was sad as hell. Like, oh, it's a, it's like, a sad as hell record, yeah. I was, I was at the beach with, with my with my family, and I was like listening to it all straight there on the beach, and I was like... <laughs> man these things this is a juxtaposition right here like um, at least you're on the beach but yeah <laughs> but i love it um and and what what i walked away with was a really a sense of of hope hmm. um because there's always this part of me that's like this this could all be bullshit and part of yes. me has always wondered what what it would mean for for me to let that go and Hmm. To, to let go the wanting to make it work. Right. You know? Yeah, that's right. Um, Just to be free and, of the having to constantly square mm-hmm. what you're experiencing with what you're, yeah. what's supposed to be true. Yeah. 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 And that's always terrified me. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and part you know how being married and having kids, there's you know the implications there, I guess, and mm. of like, does that mean we go to church anymore if I do that, or you know what does that mean? And and uh, but I walked, right. walked away from that album because all along and kind of watching your career and your art, there the honesty and the the effort to be true to yourself and to be mm. honest about who you really are. Um, that's the part that really gave me hope is that yeah. you're you're trusting and authenticity um i think gave me like a sense of like you know what if i did let this go and this is evaporates Mm. for me there's still a path there you know there's still like that's right um a a path toward that authenticity and it doesn't have to be the end of something it could be the beginning of something exactly it could even be the beginning of the thing you thought you had previously Mm. it's like it's like the I mean, I, I said a long time ago, um, I've said a few times that, and I kind of like the idea of saying, you know, that some gods deserve atheists. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. sometimes you have to kill one God to find the real one. And, yeah. and I'm, and I'm, I don't feel that doesn't ring true to me right now, but I'm open to that being sure. the story. I am. I'm, I completely yeah. am. Um, yeah. I just know that I can't go back at this point, Yeah. but I can go forward. Well, gosh, I mean, I can't tell you how much I appreciate all your kind words and how much I appreciate um, kind of seeing the strength with which you're navigating really hard things. And, um, and uh, you know, I wish we had time to talk all day. And, and, and let's, yeah. let's, let's not miss an opportunity to. And, um, sure, yeah, but, but I appreciate man, it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I do as well. And I'm, I'm really honored to have yeah. played you know, such yeah. a, a role in your story. Yeah. Um, I can't understate that enough. Like I, I really feel even just through your music and hearing you on different podcasts and stuff. Like I feel like, you know, by extension, you have been a part of, of my journey for almost two decades now. Right. And I, I do feel um, connected to you in that way. And it's, yes. it's, it's a privilege to be able to, to uh, be part of yours. And I really do appreciate how, honest you've been on this on this album for sure and mm. like you said it's it's one of your most personal and I, I think it does really give those of us who've followed you over these years a chance to to really yeah like get to know you on a, a different level yeah. even if not uh, you know chatting yeah well man whatever. you you so, you you have certainly with your trust and your support have been as much a part of mine so I really appreciate it and, I appreciate that too man Man, uh, it was good to talk to you. Let's let's try yeah, to talk again too, sometime. Man. Yeah, I would love that. All right, see you. All right, man. Yeah, take care. Bye. It's kind of we're, we just kind of have no guarantees about anything. Like anything could happen, right. and so sure. so to me, it gave this kind of hypothetical alibi to right. where it's like, you know what? Like I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know if that is gonna make a sense or provide any comfort for me. Like I don't, so it's just, it gets real complicated and it's also hard to put a finger on God. Um, right. or at least that idea of it, which I've decided just doesn't really ring true for me. But, um, sure. anyway, so I just, I resonate with what you're yeah. saying. And I, and I think that's kind of the only honest intellectually, emotionally honest way to process it. All right, man, it was, I, I, I it was great to talk to you and let, I hope, I hope we can connect again. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so much for doing this. Absolutely. All right. All right. right. Bye bye.
hoping in my professional work, um, actually, as a counselor, um, to try to cre- help be a part of creating that space yes. to yeah, working right. on spir- spiritual trauma wow. is kind of a, a, a thing that's been emerging um, lately. Well, and you're going to be all the better equipped with everything that you're processing now, so well done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to find more time. Thank, yeah. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, man. Well, thanks again for chatting. Absolutely. I look okay. forward to see what you do with this. Thanks, man. All right, take care. <laughs> you too. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you found it meaningful and that as fragmented and isolated as you might sometimes feel, that you know you are not alone. We want to encourage you to share this episode or any others with people you know who might also need to hear them, who also need to know that there's still a place for us and still room at the table. If you want to add your own voice, lend your support, or meet our team, you'll want to visit theairingofgrief.com and you'll find additional content for each episode there as well. We are a small team, but we have big dreams of creating new ways of connection and community where so many of us have lost those things. So if you resonate with this work and want to help us keep the conversation going, please consider joining us through Patreon. And you can learn more at theairingofgrief.com by clicking Become a Patron. We have so much we'd love to be able to do. The podcast is truly only the beginning. So thank you for being with us in this, however it is that you can be. And that said, we will see you after church next Sunday for the airing of grief. Grief.